The Warriors last for the fourth time in the last five games. We'll tell you why this might be more than a slump. Plus, we take a look at some of the injured players who can turn this season around. All of that and more on today's Locked on NBA. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we have a great show for you today. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Mares. However you may be listening, YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Adam, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. It's a late one, but the Nuggets got a win, so that's good on my end. Um, and we have some stuff to talk about. We do, so let's just jump right in with our first game. The Bucks, led by Giannis's 30-point, 12-rebound, and 11-assist triple-double, beat the Warriors 118 to 99, handing Golden State its fourth loss in the last five games. Now, Milwaukee also got 23 points from Chris Middleton, 20 points and a shimmy from Bobby Portis as the Bucks <laughs> never trailed and cruised to a win, leading by as many as 39 points. The Warriors, up until tonight, had never trailed by that many points in this season. In other words, an absolute route. So the Warriors were without Draymond Green. They're still in the process of working in Clay Thompson. Steph Curry's shooting slump continued into Thursday night. Uh, he went four for 11, just 12 points for him. Steve Kerr after the game saying that he isn't too worried, that this is just part of the natural ebbs and flows of a season. But Adam, I'm going to throw it to you. Should the Warriors be worried? Absolutely not. There's no chance they should. I mean, Steve Kerr's right. This is the ebbs and flows. They've been through this so much. I think peaks matter more than valleys, especially when you're talking about your great teams. Can they get to that level? The one thing I will say, and again, we're manufacturing like fear here. Or we're manufacturing concern. The one thing is, this is a pretty prolonged slump for Steph Curry. That's the mm -hmm. one thing I would say is, okay, I expect him to be out of it anytime soon. But here's the thing. I think he'll break out of that slump the moment Draymond Green returns and this team gets to play whole for the first time in, in all season. So I'm not concerned, even though at the moment it is kind of ironic that they were the best team winning every game. All of a sudden you get Clay back and you start the slide. It is a little ironic. I'm not concerned in the sense that I don't think that the Warriors are legitimate contenders, right? I, this right. is not, this team was not going to win 70 games or whatever it was. But I will say this. Since the 18-2 and two start that they've had, they have been significantly worse. And it's not just since they got Clay Thompson back in this last week. Like, again, they start 18-2, and two, second right. in offensive rating, first in defensive rating, a plus 13.6 net rating. Everybody's going, oh, my God, the Warriors are back. Steph, MVP favorite, all these things. How can we stop them? They're going to get Clay back. What are we going to do with this team? But since going 18-2, and two, since their first 20 games, they're 12-9. and nine. Right, mm. and you look at their ratings uh, on uh, across the board. They fall to 26th in offensive rating, fourth in defensive rating, 12th in net rating. That's still a good team. I'm not concerned in the sense that this is now a bad team. It's not. They're still a good team. They're just not blowing the doors off of people and completely back the way that I think they looked back in the first 20 games over these last 21 games. They're just not as dominant. I just think that they're kind of another good team in the NBA. Um, look, they lead the league in, turno in, in turnover percentage. The three-point shooting has come back down to earth a little bit. They're about league average now. Right. Um, and if Steph isn't going to be MVP Steph, I kind of think this is – they're starting to look a little bit like the Warriors of last year. In fact, you look at all those ratings and, and mm. stats I was talking about, 
that's really comparable to the team last year, which was about average offensively and still pretty good defensively. I mean, a lot of this, though, these numbers are, you know, a handful of games now without Draymond Green, who's just so clearly a, a huge part, especially yeah. of their defense, but even of their offense, he's such a huge part of it, of what makes that engine churn. That's why I'm not too concerned of it. And also, if you just look at the last 15 games, you know, they've got wins over Memphis. Phoenix, obviously, on Christmas Day, that was a fantastic win. That was a game Phoenix desperately wanted to make a statement. They got a win at Utah. You know, I know Utah's been reeling a little bit. So they do have some good wins sprinkled in here. I think they're just on a little mini slump. The bigger thing is, you know, this for this team to win the championship this season, Steph Curry has to be that MVP you're talking about in a series four times out of seven. And I think the one thing with Steph, we all know that the large sample size is this the best shooter we've ever seen in our life. But or that's probably ever played the game. But the one thing you we also know is he is prone to slumps. Usually mm -hmm. they're only a game here, a game there, what have you. Right now you're in just sort of, this feels like the longest extended slump we've seen from him in quite a while. So that's the only thing I would look at is, hey, if you get Steph that just has a rough six, seven games in a row in a playoff series, then all of a sudden this team is, is a lot more beatable. But I just think this is January, probably the least important month in terms of what wins matter and what wins don't. Yeah, and look, I, I this is not new here, but this is why getting Clay Thompson is so important. Steph has to work so hard for almost every shot that he's getting. So to have Clay at full strength, which we haven't seen yet, but he's obviously going to get there at some point, whatever this full strength version of Clay looks like, um, that's going to be huge for Steph. I don't know. I, I, I'm still concerned. I know they didn't have Draymond tonight against the Bucs, but the way that the Bucs just slice through that defense like butter, I mean... Kevon Looney might as well have not even been there on most of right. these Giannis drives. Like, Nemanja Bielitsa, forget it. You know what I mean? Right, like, that right. guy has never been a defensive player. Uh, I I have concerns. And, you know, the broadcast likes to point out, well, just wait until they get James Wiseman, a true seven-footer back. And I'm like, right, right. I don't know. I didn't see that much from James Wiseman as a rookie to give, to give me any sort of impression that he's going to make a difference against Giannis or some of these other guys. I... I'm I don't I think when they when you go up against a team that has a guy like Giannis or LeBron or Kevin Durant or these big long players who can kind of get to their spots whenever they want, I don't know. I I Draymond Green obviously is the leader for defensive player of the year and should be, but just him alone isn't enough to def to stop these guys. And I, I guess that's where I'm concerned is um again, am I worried? No. But do I think that the Warriors are far and away the best team in the league like they looked in the first 20 games of the year? No. I think they're a, a, on the same right, uh, level right. as some other uh, as these other contenders. And it's going to take Steph breaking the barriers of the game and just going crazy from three-point range to make all of this stuff not matter. And that's kind of been the story for the Warriors uh, without Kevin Durant. But I think that's a good story because I would the same, I would I would say the same thing on the other side. I would say, well, can the are the Bucks the best team in the NBA? No, but they are one of the best teams. Exactly. And for them to win it, they need Giannis to be an MVP caliber player. The Nets, they're good, but they're beatable. They need KD to be this. Every team is there's no team that's like, hey, the margin for error is so big that they don't need it. No, this year the team that wins it is probably going to get a heroic performance from their best player, and I think that's a really cool positive thing. The one thing, our our third segment today, we always power rank something. We're going to talk about players returning and that could change, that could flip the championship odds or, or this or that, change the playoffs. I think one interesting thing we should learn from Clay Thompson, who, by the way, I think looks, if we just talk about physically, he actually looks really good. I don't yeah. see him laboring. It's not like, oh, he's got to build up the muscle. He looks to me like the Warriors were patient in getting him back, and now he's like at close to 100%. 
but still there's a rhythm question. There's still like a, just a chemistry and a continuity. And we're in January. I trust that the Warriors have three and a half months before the playoffs begin to get that, to get that right. But when we start talking about a Kawhi Leonard returning in March or April, a, a Jamal Murray turning it, returning in March, April, all of a sudden you look at that and you go, Oh yeah, we forget nine times out of 10 when a great player returns, it's actually disruptive for a period of time, not immediately impactful. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned the Grizzlies, who became the third team to win 30 games this season. Uh, are they really contenders? That's what we're going to talk about next. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Bet BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for this year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, where, of course, you could find this show as well. Let's go to Memphis, where the Grizzlies won a fun game against the Timberwolves, 116-108. to John Morant had 16 points and 9 assists. Desmond Bain scored 21 points, and Jaron Jackson Jr. added 20 and the Grizzlies pulled away in the final minutes for their 11th straight win. The Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards gets 11, uh, 30 points. D'Angelo Russell, 29 points and 6 assists. Carl Anthony Towns out of 25 points and 9 rebounds. So their big three steps up, not getting much help from everybody else uh, from Minnesota. <laughs> Neither team held a double-digit advantage until late in the game. They exchanged leads uh, here and there. And then beginning with four minutes left, two free throws by Brandon Clark with one minute and 47 seconds left. The Grizzlies... And after that, the Grizzlies led for good. And then John Conchar, who yes. had 15 points and 17 rebounds, That's making right. a three-pointer with a minute to go to put the game away. The win gives Grizzly the Grizzlies their 30th win of the season, joining the Suns and the Warriors as the only teams to do so so far. Um, Adam, do you have the Grizzlies in the same tier as these other top contenders? It's so funny. Do you remember? Was it two weeks ago when I think I think it was two weeks ago when I said I'm moving them up? I'm. I thought it was a hot take, everybody. I'm moving the Grizzlies up. Here we are, two weeks later, and eleven wins in a row later, and it's like, yeah, of course they're in a tier above. Yeah. This is a great team that fits together. I think the most underrated thing that's happening with the Grizzlies right now. A lot of people, John Conchar. Well, John Conchar is the most <laughs> underrated there. Are you kidding me? First of all, I love John Conchar. Do you remember this when he was in the draft three years ago? I just remember the draft people saying. Well, I know he he's a pretty good player. He's a smart player, but the analytics say he's like the third best player in the draft. <laughs> right. like, he was one of those guys that just popped up, and lo and behold, here we are. He actually is an impact player uh, from time, uh, impact role player. But the thing that's happening is they move Zaire Williams uh, into the starting lineup, and you think like, okay, can you win when you're a young team already? Can you win and get better? while also developing your like youngest player, your newest member, usually you have to pick like what things you're doing. The fact that they're on 11 game win streak and some of those wins have come with their youngest player in the starting lineup and getting real experience here and coming along. To me, I look at that and I just go, everything is coming up uh, perfect right now for the Memphis Grizzlies. This season couldn't have gone much better in terms of all of the things they are accomplishing so far. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think people keep trying to find a reason or maybe more specifically a player to kind of put all of this on. Yes. Why are the Grizzlies so good? Is John yeah. Morant the MVP? Right. And look, I think that that run that they had, what was it, 10-2 and two without John Morant, whatever it right. was, um, it kind of is working against Ja for those MVP conversations and stuff. But, like, look, John Morant's really good. He's an all-star. He's probably going to make an all-NBA team if he keeps on this trajectory. But no question. I, let's not no just question. put it all on John Morant. I mean, this right. is just a really good roster of dudes. There's just a, a lot of good players on this team. It's sort of a strength in numbers approach. Every time they put somebody on the court, whoever it is, they Desmond Bain, uh, Kyle Anderson, like who, what Steven Adams, when he, they have him available, uh, gone Conchar, like they got guys right. who could just get onto the floor and do something. They right. can make some kind of impact, and none of them are taking too much off the table either. And when you just have a bunch of players who could just come into an NBA game and do something, um, it kind of sounds like not a big deal, but it really is. When you're running like 12 or 13 deep, which it feels like this Memphis team is, and in the regular season, you can win a lot of games that way, and they're really well coached. Um, you give a lot of credit to Ja, but you got to give credit to that entire group. They're just figuring out ways where everybody can just sort of exist and, and do their own thing, and they spread the wealth, and the ball movement is great, and it's an unselfish team, and it just really seems like they're having fun. Right, yeah. like Conchar hits that three, has a great game. He's the six-four guy getting seventeen rebounds in a game, <laughs> and the Grizzlies boards. are just celebrating him after the game. Like their team is just really having fun, and there's something to say about that. Oh no, there's more than just something to say about it. To me, it's basketball. Like we've kind of almost gotten away from this a little yeah. bit over the years. Like we've had so many great superstars, Michael Jordan, obviously, the Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and and we do this thing where we put so much on it you have to have this guy or at the basketball it's all about this guy and that's kind of your point i think john morant's fantastic i mean you're all in, you said maybe he's all nba i think he's a lock for all nba this yes. year that's how great he i mean again we're only halfway through the season but if he's just remotely good from this point i think it's a lock but you're right this is a story and it's a story we don't get to tell i think frequently enough but this is a story about a group of very talented players that all fit together and are all working together in such a beautiful way. And it's rare that we see a young team go through the ranks and kind of grow together without somebody kind of becoming an outsider or not fitting. Right. But instead, you've got Desmond Bain now who looks like the John Morant-Bain pairing. That's like a perfect duo. All, those guys have grown together into a perfect duo. You look at Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, you got Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark. You got all these guys that have kind of come through the ranks, and this team has only grown closer, more a better chemistry. And by the way, they're doing this without Dylan Brooks at the moment. They're still on this win streak. It's just they are the uh that that group that you could take one guy out, they just next guy steps in and they play great. It's a great culture, well coached. I, I just I love this Memphis Grizzlies team. They're the story of the NBA for me this year. No doubt. Um, let's go to New Orleans, where the Pelicans beat the Clippers 113-89, to led by Brandon Ingram's 24 points and getting 18 points and 16 rebounds from Jonas Valanciunas. New Orleans led by as many as 28 points and got their third win in the last four games. I know there's some somebody that you want to talk about in particular here. <laughs> well, I'm just going through right now. I see Reggie Jackson went 2-for-11 tonight. Man, yeah, he had I an off what night. Who was, who was guarding him? To, was that... Oh my gosh, that's Herb Jones music. Herb Jones, <laughs> the defensive stalwart. My goodness. Uh, this Pelicans team is sneaky fun. There it is. I love it. 
the Clippers, by the way, down 25 again at the half, uh, but did yeah. not come back as they did on Tuesday against Denver. Uh, Storm back with, the, I think, a franchise record comeback or a third best in franchise history. But the Pelicans are sneaky fun. They're not good, um, but they're <laughs> sneaky fun since they've uh, had the Herb Jones experience. Uh, just and I, what's the streak now? We need to have a ticker somewhere. I think <laughs> Three it's like in a five row, weeks. It's, it's three or four in a row now with the Herb Jones ticker. Um, let's go to Brooklyn, the shorthanded and tired Nets losing to the Thunder 130 to 109. The Nets, who were playing their fourth game in five nights, they were without Kevin Durant. Uh, they were also without Kyrie Irving due to their home court disadvantage, uh, which left only James Harden to carry the group with 26 points and nine assists. OKC led by Shea Gilgis Alexander. Who else? 33 points for him. And finally, the Nuggets take care Hold of on, business. You, get, you just oh. glossed over. I, I had one comment here I had to yes. get in, and that's, of course, we just talked about a great duo, a backcourt duo in uh, uh, Bain and, and John Morant. Another, the Thunder have a sneaky great backcourt duo in yeah. Jay Kilgis Alexander. Everybody knows him, of course. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. But Lou Dort and, mm-hmm. and him together, they lead the NBA in drives per game by 11 drives per game. They are an enormous outlier, and it's because huh. those two are just so good at attacking downhill towards the basket. 27 points on 9 for 17, shooting uh, 6 for 10 from three-point range for Lou Dort tonight on OKC. And then they got a bunch of guys like Aaron Wiggins, Jeremiah Robinson, yeah. Roll, Josh Giddy, And, like, you look at that roster, even against a James Harden-led Nets team tonight, and you're like, well, the Nets still have James Harden. They could still win this game. But those five have played a lot of minutes together. Um, and now they can use obviously yeah. back and everything. So fun yeah. stat here. Uh, Thunder tonight, 32 assists. The Nets tonight, 16. They doubled them up on assists. That is a fun stat. Not so much for the Nets. Uh, finally, the Nuggets take care of business, beating the Trailblazers 140 to 108. And I think they got to 100 points before the end of the third quarter. Just a dominant effort by Denver, who broke the game open in the second quarter. Shot 63% overall. Let me say that one more time. They yeah. shot 63% overall. Uh, you could give some credit uh, to just, hey, it's a make or miss lead. Sometimes you just make shots. Uh, I would like to just also point out that they're going against Portland's defense, which barely exists anymore, True. Um, which has a lot to do with it. Nikola Jokic has 20 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists in his 28 minutes. Rested most of that fourth quarter. The Nuggets also got 21 points from Will Barton. 19 points and a couple of dunks from Jeff Green. My Adam, any thoughts on this Five. one? Five. He had the most dunks he's had since 2008. I think somebody shared that stat. Five dunks in a game. Wow. Uh, people don't realize that Jeff Green, 35 years old, he's like a top 10 dunker, in-game dunker in the NBA right now. It's unbelievable the way this guy gets dunks. But to me, the, the reason I wanted to kind of put a note in here, the Nuggets, this was the first of a, a first game on a six-game homestand. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think the Nuggets' this season, it doesn't, it's over dramatic to say it all comes down to this six games. But I really think that these six games will determine whether or not they are going to compete for the 4-5 seed or whether they're going to be a team that's just trying to avoid the play-in. This six-game homestand, you're going up against the Clippers. You've got Memphis. you got the Lakers. you got a lot of the teams that are right there around you in the standings. Even Portland, you expected to be around you in the standings. And then when we talk about this game, it was a get-right game for the Nuggets. But let's just take a look real quick at uh, the players who played for Portland tonight. So people don't think this was Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and all those guys. Right. Uh, off the bench, you had Trendon Watford. Uh, you had Greg Brown gave you 10 minutes tonight. You had uh, uh, Kelgen Blevins got gave you 15 minutes tonight. And then, of course, uh, C.J. Ellaby gave you 27 minutes tonight. So this was the Blazers' like C or D team that Denver right. beat up on tonight. 
Yeah, this is like walking into a YMCA somewhere in Denver and be like, you guys, let's go. You guys are in. <laughs> um, let's talk about which currently injured player could make the biggest impact on this season's champion chase. That's what we're going to do next. We're going to rank the top five. But first, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year. And so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating right, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which could be chalky or waxy, tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but sometimes it gets boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, you know, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and here's their macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and packed with 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. It's usually twice as many calories, tons of sugar, dozens of net carbs, and there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Here's the offer. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, every Friday here on Locked on NBA, we count down to the weekend. And today, we're taking a look at the top five players who could return from injuries and potentially swing this championship chase. So, Adam, who are we starting with? Well, we're going to start with the honorable mention. So these are guys that have not played or have not played well or, you know, been out with injuries who we expect when they returned could. They might not return and be healthy, but they could shift the way that we look at this. Uh, Clay Thompson's already back, so he could be an honorable mention, but he's already back with the team. Uh, I have Wiseman in here as an honorable mention. Now, he's a really good player, and I, but I, I don't know that I'm looking at – I don't know that he made my top five list. Do, do you think, what's your take on Wiseman and what impact he might have on this season? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to sound mean, but this idea that James Wiseman, I, I, I said it at the top of the show, like every broadcast, I you watch the Warriors game and every single one is going to point out, just wait till they get James Wiseman yeah, back. Right. I'm like, why? I, I, I saw him as a rookie. He wasn't very impressive. They handed him the starting role. Right. He didn't deserve it because he was injured all of training camp. That's not a knock on him. He just literally was injured all of preseason training camp. And they're like, start opening night, you start. Um, and the idea is because, well, he's the only seven-footer on the roster. And I understand that you want the seven-footer, that that's your answer to Jokic and DeAndre Ayton and Rudy Gobert and all these other centers in the Western Conference. But from what I saw the last time he played, he's not ready to make that kind of leap. And it takes a center it takes centers a while to, to make an impact at the NBA level. So... I don't know. Like, if the Warriors are hoping that James Wiseman is going to be some sort of impactful player for them, I don't think that they're putting their eggs in the right basket. It's I, I again not trying to sound mean on this on right, this guy. Right. I think he's got all the talent in the world, but he's barely played. Right? Yeah. Like, he's going to play the rest of the season and still only be about a rookie year into like only about eighty two games into his career. So, just expecting that much from somebody that young and that inexperienced to barely play in college. Let's remember that only three right, games in college. Right. right. Uh, and no summer leagues in two years, no preseasons in two years. Like this guy it is so yeah. raw. It reminds me a lot of Michael Porter, to be honest, who played yeah. same thing, three games in college, had the back injury, then sat out an entire year. It's when you're young and you miss that much time, I think you, it's unrealistic to expect you just to be like, oh, you're going to make the same leap on the same right. schedule as most people do one year to the next. So 
I'm with you. Wiseman, all these guys have question marks. Like every single player we're going to mention, you're going to go, yeah, but what are you going to get from him? Well, with Wiseman, even, you know, that's a big question mark, but there's just so many. It's health, it's experience, it's chemistry, it's all of those yeah. things. The other guy that didn't make the cut in the top five was Michael Porter Jr., who I think a lot of people just assumed, oh, Baxter, he's out for the year. But we're starting to hear reports that, hey, Denver hasn't ruled him out for the year. And with this surgery, actually, he could be back, you know, who knows, end of March, early April, right before the playoff run. And we all know when he's healthy, he's a 40% plus three-point shooter, six foot 11. That's a real nice weapon for Denver to have. Denver's sitting right now in the sixth seed. I just mentioned they are in the first of a six-game homestand. That you could, they could be a five seed by the end of this homestand, and they have the easiest strength of schedule uh, remaining here. So they might be a team that you look up at the end of the year, you get you know Michael Porter back, you're a four or five seed, anything's possible. Um, but let's get into the top five here. The number five guy I have that could swing the way the conversation and how we look at uh, the championship race. You're going to be surprised by this one. Zion Williamson oh. is my number five. Now, the Pelicans are 16 and 26. I'm not, am I saying that the Pelicans are going to be the champions if they get Zion back? No. But here's another thing that if you look at the standings, the Pelicans are only one loss outside of the play-in game right now. One loss. The, the Blazers, who, by the way, are going to be without Lillard maybe for the rest of the year, but for quite a while, they have 25 losses. The Pelicans, 26. If Zion got into a play, if that team who just has the newly minted Herb Jones, as I've mentioned, they, <laughs> Herb Jones and Zion combo, you get into a play-in, is that a situation where all of a sudden the Lakers are down there? You know, you got these teams that are thought, okay, we have it easy. If we make the play-in, then we'll get it. Can they play the role of upset and kind of change the way we look at that play-in with Zion? I think they could. Yeah, they could, dare I say, make some noise if make they have noise. Zion Williams. They could make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, like... Zion Williamson, let's remember, this he was playing like one of the best 10 players in the league by the right. end of last season. Everybody was ready to, for him to make this leap. And look, there's a lot of weird stuff happening with Zion. Is he in shape? What kind of condition is he in? How is he going to really be healthy when he comes back? Can he stay healthy when he comes back? A lot of questions going on with him. But if he is anything like he was last year, yeah, they could play spoiler. They could do something crazy. Why not? That guy was unstoppable offensively. Of and uh, so and there's been moments look, where they've started right. to turn the corner a little bit as a team this year. If you look at it right now, the play-in, right now the Lakers would play the Clippers and the winner would get into the playoffs. That's a great game. So one right. of those teams is going to have to lose and then play a, an all-or-nothing game. And you say, let's say it's Minnesota and the Pelicans. Well, Minnesota's good, but they're not infallible. Zion could go off in that game. So then if you get a winner-takes-all between the Pelicans and one of the Clippers or Lakers, I would call that playing spoiler to a team that has yeah. hopes of winning the championship. So that's why I had Zion in there, even though obviously the Pelicans, that that's their ceiling is sort of winning, go, going on a, a play in run. Um, the number four guy on here, Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. I think we've all considered the Ben Simmons trade. Should it happen this year at the trade deadline? He's probably going to go to a rebuilding team like Portland, you know, picks him up or, or something like that. Maybe, you know, maybe of Minnesota, but we don't know. I mean, look, Daryl Morey looks at his team and says, hey, I've got Joel Embiid. He's a phenomenal player. We have a good roster right now, one of the six best records. Maybe they are willing to trade with a contender out west, and all of a sudden you add Ben Simmons to a team that was already pretty good. Hmm. All right, that's interesting. It is, and uh, I think we focus so much on what it is that Ben Simmons can't do and the weird playoff series against Atlanta where he just wasn't right. shooting. But let's. this guy was... Uh, all NBA defender. He is one of the best defenders, one of the few guys who could actually, actually guard all five players on the court. People just throw that around, but he can really do it. 
Right. Uh, I think he would be a tremendous impact on Philadelphia if he were to come I, back, which I is love this. according to the reports where they would like to have him. They would like to have him. But uh, yeah, you put him on any team and all of a sudden you're talking about a team that could defensively compete in a playoff series, yep. right? With what he's able to do in those kinds of matchups. I love the idea of that. And that's, that's so true. If Daryl Morey looks around and says, you know what, there's going to be better offers in the summer. We're going to whatever. Let's go meet with Ben Simmons and say, hey, just play with us for two more months. Just yeah. suck it up and play with us. And all of a sudden, Philadelphia, who, by the way, is 23 and 17. I think they went three and eight without Joel Embiid, too. I think that's 20 and nine when they had Joel Embiid in the lineup. That's if you just take that record, you say, oh, yeah, that's one of the five best teams in basketball. That's a contender. You add Ben Simmons to it. Hey, it could flip. I'm, not, to, not saying I'm predicting it, but it could happen. Just a quick yes or no on this. Do you think that ever happens? Do you think Ben Simmons ever plays for Philadelphia again? It's my yes. favorite scenario. So I don't think so. But do you know what a great, hilarious, awkward story it would be for that to be the situation they were thrown oh in? The one guy you need is the one guy you've always had <laughs> is sitting right there. Right. Uh, I love that story. Uh, number three, Jamal Murray. Jamal mm, Murray, Denver yes. Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. You have two guys time. over Jamal Murray. Huh, okay, interesting. Two guys over Jamal Murray. So right now you have Jamal Murray. Uh, you know, this Denver Nuggets team obviously hasn't been great. This has been a season for hell from them, but 21 and 19. We all know the last time Murray and Jokic went to the playoffs together, they went to the Western Conference Finals. Jamal Murray scored 50 points in two, two games in one series. Uh, he had several 40-point games as well as that. He's a big game player. I don't think Denver's a contender, and I, I watch them every night, and I think, can Jamal Murray save all of these things that are happening? I don't know that he can. But you know what? The season's wide open, and Jamal Murray is one of those guys. If any guy can get hot and overcome any any opponent, it's Jamal Murray. Yeah, I mean, we've seen what he's done in the playoffs. You mentioned the 50-point games. It's every time this guy goes to the playoffs. He just it, it goes nuclear. Um, maybe it doesn't do enough to make Denver a championship contender. Like you said, there's a lot of holes with this roster a lot of concerns um but having jamal murray back certainly ups the chances of them knocking somebody out who could otherwise maybe make it to the finals or western conference finals right. and so jamal murray is certainly a swing factor in the championship chase not just not maybe if not for denver certainly is in terms of just making the landscape a little bit different in the western conference and i think the thing with denver is it's the combination right we have two players that have made the top seven of this list in michael porter and then jamal murray so if somehow you got both of those guys back, then I think you could say, okay, who knows with Denver? You know what? Weird year. Let's see what happens. Let's see if they just get hot at the right time if, on short order. Number two on here is a guy that has played this year, but I think we all now we all know he was never at 100%. And we know that when he is at 100%, he's one of the 10 best players. That's Anthony Davis. This oh. Lakers team has looked horrible. Yeah. He looked horrible to start the year. But are we really saying right now with the Lakers sitting at 21 and 21, the laughing stock, Westbrook can't do this, can't do that. Are we really saying that if you got a fully healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James with a little bit of runway heading into the playoffs, that that team isn't one that could, could all click for? Look, I'm still a big doubter in the Lakers, you know, overall. But if you get Anthony Davis 95% of what he was in the bubble, and we all yeah. know what LeBron does when, when his back's against the wall, I still look at that duo and go, yeah. The Lakers are capable of, one, upsetting any one team, and two, they are capable of probably winning three or four series and pushing their way to the finals. Look, I'm with you. I haven't quit the Lakers yet. I don't know if there's something wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I need to go to a doctor and get it, and get it checked out. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm with you. And look, when you have 
LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook on the floor this year. Last I checked, that was still like a plus 10 net rating. Like right, those right. three, there's a lot of issues with the Lakers. The Russ uh, problem is a real big one, man. It's a real big one. But. It, it's a it's a really big problem. He's, what is it? He's the only Laker to play every game this year. I mean, that's why you got him. He's just availability. <laughs> right. Well, he's right. delivered on that front and still hasn't been all that helpful. But um, with Anthony Davis, I do wonder, like, remember all this talk about, hey, he's added like 10 pounds or whatever it yeah. was. So they could play center more. I was like, Maybe he shouldn't have done that. I don't know. Like, it just seems like he's he's always injured and broken. Like, maybe take some weight off. Look, I, I, I'm not the trainer for that team, but something's got to change physically for him so that he could just stay healthy. Because when if for the Lakers to do what they need to do, they need Anthony Davis to be the best player on this team, I think, and or certainly very close to what he was in the bubble. Um, he has he wasn't anywhere close to that. Maybe it was some right. nagging injuries and stuff they entered the season with, but he needs to get to that level. But because if he can, like you said, we've seen what he is capable of. And then everything else, all the defensive issues you have with this team, all the spacing concerns you have with this team, all the, the rebound, everything, every concern you have is sort of wiped away with Anthony Davis. It's at least 100%. diminished. The concerns are at least diminished where you go, okay, they have these weaknesses, but they also have this enormous strengths over here that, that really balance out. I mean, the worst thing that could happen to the NBA this year is a Lakers-Nets finals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on this hill. Two teams that are just like punting, right. uh, you know, on the regular season in large part. Uh, my number one guy, it's funny because Paul George is out, but I for I don't know why I count Anthony Davis, but I don't count Paul George because I just Whatever. you know he'll be back and he's been there and he's been great when he was when he was available. But it's Kawhi Leonard who we also hear maybe is back. I think the Clippers are that team that I keep looking at and I think they're a sleeping giant. I think this is a fantastic team mm. that we just haven't been able to see at full strength with this coaching staff, which is the missing piece to me. And I we might not see it this year. We just I mean I think the odds of it are really low. And even if Kawhi comes back, as we just mentioned on such a short runway, what can you really do? But I look at them and I think they're incredibly well coached. They've got so many different ways to beat you. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are just a matchup nightmare for every single team in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard, to me, I'm not counting on it. But he is that guy that because we've discounted and said, well, he's just gone. If he did come back and looked anything like the guy we've known for the last five, six years, then to me, I'm sorry. The Clippers can be an eight seed. I'm still looking at him and saying, yeah, they still have a shot. I'm with you. And what Kawhi has done in the postseason every single year since basically 2019 uh, proves that, hey, if you have this guy, you've got a chance. Um, and what the Clippers were able to do last year when they were healthy in the in the, in the playoffs, uh, that, you know, I think that kind of laid the template out of what this team can do. Uh, but there's just so many holes on this roster. I, I, I wonder, is Kawhi enough to make Kawhi up for and all of Paul that? George, I think Kawhi and Paul George are enough. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. It was enough last year. They were they were really close uh, until Kawhi got hurt. So, um, yeah, look, Kawhi's one of the best five players in the league when he's fully healthy. Ty Lue's one of the best, five, best, five best coaches. I think the combination of it, I mean, a lot of people have that bubble run, you know, you know that taste that's still in their mouth with them because they flamed out and blew a 3-1 lead. But that was Doc Rivers. That was Doc Rivers' yeah. team. Doc Rivers and Ty Lue, very different coaches, especially when we talk about how they approach the postseason and um, – so I, I just – I buy them if they're able to get those guys back. It's just such a long shot. If there's a theme that we could use that we can use to wrap up today's show, I think it's that this whole league is so wide open right now. Yeah. There, I don't think that there is any one favorite right now as these teams stand. And as you're talking about, we just went through five guys who can make a tremendous impact and still had honorable mentions. You know, right. I could already hear my Locked on Heat – 
listeners being like, hey, you didn't even mention Bam Adebayo. Well, to your point, he, he was, was healthy here. to start the season. Yeah, exactly. does, that's not really in the spirit of the rankings that we're doing here. Right. But even when you get him back and Jimmy Butler back in Miami, I mean, you've got another team there that's a legitimate contender. I just, there are so many good teams. I don't know that there's one that's running away with anything. And um, we still have half the season to go. Like we're really at the midpoint now and, and a lot can change. So um, that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. You can find me over at Locked on Heat and Adam over at Locked on Nuggets. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It's free and it's available on all platforms.